जाएगा Hi. Sorry, we had a week off because we're lazy, and it was Christmas. So this week, our Ben's bedtime stories. You're getting two stories, and I'm sorry, Ben. None of them have happy endings, because this is a sad podcast. Deep sad eyes. Uh-huh. So many bad have... feels. Oh, so many bad feels. Okay. Oh shit! I just looked up. Jesus, there's some more cobwebs on our sibling. Oh my God! You you are <laughs> you are employed as a cleaner. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to. I did the skirting boards when we moved like... the furniture around, though. I didn't take too much attention to the ceiling, so that that needs to be sorted. Christ. Um, now, if you tuned in for some high quality podcasting, mm-hmm. on point, on message. Then just just go, just leave. This is not the right place now. for you. Yeah, we, we don't need you here. Um, <laughs> but if you're here for some... Rambling. <laughs> rambling. Incoherent or otherwise. So how have you been? How's your Christmas been? Tell us. Because ours was great. It was, right? There's not even any nice way to put it, like... I won Christmas. <sighs> ben won Christmas. I've been playing Animal Crossing since Christmas Day. And I'm loving it. So if you're playing Animal Crossing... Tell me your thing so I can come and play on your island and then you can come play on my island because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Just wasting all my nook miles going to random islands harvesting pears. Welcome so... to the Totally Cool Girl <laughs> podcast. <sighs> right. Right. This is your bedtime story, Ben. Okay. Two and one. Um, yeah. They're not murderers this week, but they are sad deaths. Makes sense. Uh-huh. We're going to start with, um, you ever heard of the Nutty Putty Cave? Sorry, that's that's how common I sound. The Nutty Putty Cave. Um, It is a... It's good, isn't it? I mean, I I never know how to say this. Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, I think that's about it, yeah. There we go, we'll go with that. It's it's South African. Who got you that? Uh, Faye. Oh. From work. I don't know who Faye is, but cheers, Faye. Thanks, Faye. She won't be listening. No. Okay, so the Nutty Putty Cave um, is a hydrothermal cave, which I looked up means hot water. So maybe some Jon Snow vibes. Um, west of Utah Lake. Mm-hmm. Do in... that thing what you do with your tongue, Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, I'm sorry. There's basically. no, yeah, there's no happy bits in this though. Um, west of Utah Lake, Utah. It was first explored in 1960, and there, in the past, there's been four rescues of cavers or Boy Scouts who have got stuck in the caves, twists, turns, and crawls because there are a lot of narrow tunnels in there. And it's dangerous. You can get lost. Don't go caving on your own. So in 2006, the um, people in charge of whatever tried to severely limit visitors to the caves because they estimated there was about 5,000 people a year that were going caving. Um, Many late at night and without proper safety precautions. Like, why? I've only been caving once and it's... It was fun. I wouldn't do it again because it scared me. It, there was like a gap, the width of this guy's hand, 
and they called it the letterbox and they literally lifted your legs up and pushed you through it and then you had to not fall down the other side and that was only in wales so mm, not for me um and because all the visitors not for me no i'm much more of an indoor person now not outdoor activities no because all the visitors have been coming uh have been climbing through this cave all the rocks on the entrance were starting to smooth which um there was a room in this cave that was at a 45 degree angle so like a proper slant um and it was called the big slide it was nicknamed and they predicted that there was going to be some sort of fatality on that because you would just right right off of it dangerous yeah so in may 2006 a gate was installed and the cave was um closed weren't allowed to go in there anymore um in 2009 the management established some safety precautions maybe some little warning signs um and they were put in place and the cave was then opened up to the public again um so this is where we come to our um story it's a man (laughs) named i'm sorry there's there's really no nice way of putting this a man named john edward jones um him and his brother josh used to go caving loads with their dad as a kid it was a a fairly regular trip that they would do they would go out caving and they would explore and they loved it and were real outdoor guys um they were so Sorry, I shouldn't have any people don't they? <laughs> yeah. Um so it was about eight PM on twenty fourth of November two thousand and nine and John is twenty six, his brother Josh is twenty three, and nine other friends and family members, um, a few days before Thanksgiving, they go out for this trip to go together to do some exploring. Um John is married, he has a one year old daughter he is a medical student at a school in Virginia and he has come to Utah where his family live to spend time with them and have fun. And I don't know what this means. Maybe you can tell me. He's about six foot tall, 200 pounds. That kind of average. Mm, I don't know about weight. I'm not too sure about the 100, 200, like the pounds. Bit, he looks Six average. foot tall is just a little bit smaller than me. Oh, okay. Um, so, about an hour into their caving trip they come across a tunnel that is nicknamed the birth canal (laughs) yeah not a great name it is a very tight passage that (laughs) yeah again that uh, if if people want to risk it that's (laughs) you won't be laughing in a minute this is awful um so (laughs) it's horrific so it's about 10 by 18 inches height and width so we're talking about like a washing machine or a dryer sort of a very small gap to go through and he went through the hole head first and he ended up stuck and he there was no way for him to um, turn around because of how tight it was and he couldn't wriggle backwards so he had to just keep trying to get forward to get through to the other side Um, He tried to exhale the air from his chest and then he inhaled again, which weird. You think when you inhale, you'd be sucking your stomach in, but actually when you inhale, I guess 
your chest goes out, doesn't it? Yeah, you take the air in. Yeah. Your lungs. He got stuck for good. And his brother was behind him. And at this point, there's just his legs, like, at the back of this hole. And his brother Josh tries to pull on his legs. And John just slips further down into this hole. And his arms are pinned below his chest. So he can't even, like, use his arms to move himself or prop himself up or anything and at this point he just prayed and said save me for my wife and kids um josh as we all know prayer works absolutely but i mean whether his hands were together in prayer or wiggling in that cave ben there was Uh, that's the problem uh, yeah No, there unfortunately wasn't much he could do. So Josh exits the cave for help. And by the time he comes out of the cave and goes to get help and help gets to John, they realise that he is already 400 feet deep into this cave and 100 foot below the earth's surface. So he's like well underground. Um, So getting people... And equipment and supplies down to John from the cave's entrance takes an hour. That's how that's how far into the cave he is. The first rescuer who got to John was called um, a lady called Susie. She arrived at half twelve at night. So by this point, he's been trapped for three and a half hours. Which just look eight o'clock. They should have just been at home playing a bit of bit. Trivial Pursuit, maybe, but Cluedo. <laughs> why? Why? Why do people want to go out doing dangerous things at night time? Why? I wouldn't do that in the daylight, because there's no light in a cave. Well, not much difference, would it? Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> and Susie could only see his shoes literally sticking out of this hole. Maybe they had Cluedo to play in the day. Maybe. And I, I think I read somewhere that when she's like, hi, John, I'm here to help you. And he's like, hello, I, I really want to get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. And over the next 24 hours, more than 100 rescue people try to come and help save him. They start to try and use a system of pulleys and ropes to tie around him and try and free him. Um, but they're worried they they... I mean, one of the only ways I guess they could get him out is if they broke his legs and just dragged him out, but then that would probably kill him anyway. So, um, this has been worked before. Back in 2004, two Boy Scouts, two within a week of each other, got stuck in the same place. And um, one of them was in this tunnel for 14 hours. He was 16 years old, 140 pounds, and 5 foot 7 inches. And they managed to free him. Um, I guess he was a little bit smaller. However, um, John is stuck there, obviously, for 27 hours. Um, and the, because he's upside down as well, it's putting a lot of strain on his heart because um, his heart is trying to pump the blood out of his brain. Because obviously when you're the right way up, gravity does that. It just pumps the blood around your body away from your brain back to your heart. And the heart's trying to work even harder now because it's all rushing to his head. 
um, they manage to get one of the ropes round John and it snaps loose at an anchor point which loosens some of the clay around the tunnel wall which is one of the reasons why it was nicknamed the Nutty Putty Cave in 1960 because of the type of clay. So I guess it was fairly breakable. Um, but yeah, there was absolutely no way of safely retrieving him out of that tunnel. So 27 hours into becoming trapped, John died from positional asphyxia. Um, a week later, the Nutty Putty Cave was sealed. There was no way to recover his body and he is still in there today. Oh my god. I know. Isn't that absolutely horrific? Um his I know his family were grateful that they'd obviously tried to save him, but there was just nowhere they could get him out. Um and but yeah. Surely he ended after up. they already knew he was dead, you could like do things to retrieve his body, not leave him there. Yeah, but they said that it was it wasn't worth risking somebody else's life and getting somebody else oh, I guess. That's a long way in. That's an, an hour from the cave's front. And I don't know how heavy all that stuff was that they carried and how steep or dangerous, like... I mean, it's not flat land, is it? You're caving. No. Um, and like I said, the cave that we did when we were kids at school, it was only a small one, and that was terrifying enough. Like, some of the tunnels in there, like, I would not want to do that again. It's just... And I dread to think how claustrophobic and awful that would have been. Um, so yeah, if, and, I mean, it's, it's, the bit that gets me is that he did it a lot when they were kids, so I guess they must have known the risks because they were brought up doing that. And there was a big group of them going out there that night. Did they do that cave quite a lot, did you say? I don't think they've done that cave before, no. It was a new cave. I think it's a bit like mountains, isn't it? Like every... Yeah. Oh, what an awful way to go. I oh, know, it's horrific. Um, but there is a photo that I have to show you. Um, this is him in... I mean, there's other pictures of other people there that have survived, but that's him in the, in the cave. Oh, no. I oh, know. Um, that's him with his wife there. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty narrow, isn't it? Look at that person climbing through it. Oh, it's just... Oh, absolutely not. Horrific. Okay. Um, let's have another sad bedtime story. This is, I'm going to try and pronounce her name right, um, about Omaira Sanchez Garzon. Garzon? It's a Colombian name. Probably so, Garzon. I'm sorry if I've got that wrong. Omaira. I'm going to call her Omaira. If it's not, I apologise. She was born um, 1972. Amira. Amira. Show me. It's got an A in it. She was born 28th of August, 1972, um, in a part of Colombia. We'll get to wherever that is in a minute. But we're going to talk about um, the Nevado del Ruiz, which is a Colombian volcano that erupted at nine, nine minutes past nine at night on November the 13th, 1985. Omira was 13. And out of this, I had to look up a lot of this volcanic stuff because I don't know the words. So out of this volcano, I think it was like part mountain. No, take that back. Volcano is a mountain. It was a mountain with snow on it and ice and stuff. But it was a volcano at the same time, I think. Yeah, I mean, the only difference between a mountain and a volcano is whether the volcano within it is dormant. Yeah. 
So, um, out of this volcano, there was a pyroclastic flow that exploded from the volcano. Um, a pyroclastic flow is a fast-moving current of hot gas and volcanic matter. It averages at the speed of 62 miles an hour, but it is capable of 430 miles an hour. Pyroclastic flow. Pyroclastic flow. Um, one, I just really want to see if you say that again. And two, it sort of sounds like a Chemical Brothers song. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Mm. And it's obviously volcanic matter, so it has temperatures of up to 1,000 degrees Celsius. So the pyroclastic flow, I messed that word up. At some point it was going to happen, weren't it? That's why I kept asking you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> It exploded from the volcano. It melted the mountain's ice caps, which formed volcanic mud flows and debris from everywhere surrounding it. And it cascaded into the river valleys below. Cascade is a great word. It is, isn't it? It makes you... I, I want to be on like a herbal essences advert and someone say, let this water cascade down your back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, there was three... How do you get thousands of words of essays that you get that distracted by one word? I don't know. This is why I don't. I, <laughs> literally, I had six. I have 60 words left to do on my essay, right? And instead, rather than finishing those today, I got distracted. And I've now signed up to a... Oh, Christ, what is it called? A kawaii monthly subscription box of where I just get cute Japanese shit. <laughs> why have you done that? <laughs> It's Stop cute. fucking spending money. It looks money. cute. It's fine. You can cancel any time. I'll get one box and cancel it. But I was just... It looked pretty. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we, for, for, for context, we agreed... We're saving for a house. All hands on deck. We're saving for a house this year. Uh, we are on January the 2nd. And Andrea has signed <laughs> up to a subscription for something she absolutely patently doesn't need. It sounds cool, don't get me wrong, right? It does in look cool. In a non-house-saving environment, yeah. I would be totally on board. But, you know, we're not in a non-house-saving environment. We're in a house-saving environment like Give that. Give me that Sailor Moon shit and some strawberry-flavoured pockies. Yeah, and then <laughs> keep them in this house, we won't be able to fucking afford the new one. My Go on, anyway, apologies. volcanoes. This is why I haven't finished my essay, because I guess I distracted. Um, By me, apparently, because that's what's just derailed your story there. <laughs> So, there was three explosions from this volcano, um, at, and I mean, it's there's no nice way, but it was slower. It was about thirteen and a half miles an hour by the time it got to the town, Armero. Um, it ruined the town though, killed up to twenty thousand people. It weakened all their buildings, and um, there was thirteen villages surrounding there that were destroyed. So it devastating. Um, the last eruption from this volcano was 1845. So this volcano was named the Sleeping Lion. It was not expected to explode at all. Um, I think they had an inkling that something was going to happen. Um, I didn't read too much into it, but basically they didn't prepare enough. They didn't have the supplies that were needed. Um, some people didn't even know that it was going to happen. They just all around were not prepared which is why it was so catastrophic. It was the it was the fourth deadliest eruption on this planet since 1500 AD. 
and it was the second deadliest volcanic disaster of the 20th century. So it's like one of the worst. And Omara lived, Omara lived um, in one of the neighbourhoods near the River Valleys, right where all this was happening. So the night of the eruption, her and her family were awoken and they could hear the approaching, um, I guess, lava flow, all of the mud, mud flow. Yeah, all the clusterfuck coming their way. Um, their house was completely destroyed and she becomes trapped in debris and concrete underneath it all. Like, it's literally all on top of her. Um, there is rescuers out there, but like I said, totally not prepared for how big this was. Um, after the first few hours of the mud flow that hit and she's underneath all this concrete, she just about manages to get her hand out and one of the rescuers spots her hand and tries to clear all of the tiles and the wood and stuff around her it took them all day to just to clear all the stuff off the top of her um they managed to get her free to her waist and they tried to pull her out but they can't because if they pulled her out they would have literally just snapped her legs off yeah every time they pulled her upwards the water was pulling up around her and it was rising higher with every pull so they didn't want to let her go in case she fell down and drowned um, they placed a tyre around her so that she could float and then divers went down and they discovered that her legs were trapped underneath a door. It says the door was made out of bricks and I'm thinking, who has doors made of bricks? <laughs> but that's not the point. Um, the horrific thing was when they found her legs that were trapped underneath this door, her aunt's arms were clutched tightly around her legs and feet and her aunt had obviously passed away she however remained really positive and she even was talking to journalists she agreed to be interviewed she was singing she asked for food and drink and i mean kids are like that aren't they They just crack on um however at times she did get scared and she did start crying and she did start praying and she obviously it obviously got to her after three nights of being trapped there in this water she started hallucinating and she said that she didn't want to be late for school because she had a maths exam um so she clearly had no idea of of where she was or what was happening anymore her eyes started to go red her face started to swell her hands started to turn white and eventually she just told people to leave she wanted to rest she'd had enough um a few hours later when people returned they bought a pump to try and save her i don't know if they were trying to get the water out or or what um and her legs were still bent underneath all this concrete as if she was kneeling and they said yeah it's impossible we can't free her without severing her legs However, they obviously weren't prepared for all of this, so they had no surgical equipment to amputate her legs to try and save her. I mean, I don't know how you'd amputate someone's legs in that situation anyway, but, but I mean, they couldn't do it even if they wanted to. Um, so at five minutes past ten in the morning, 60 hours after being trapped, oh. she died from exposure, gangrene and hypothermia. Her mother, luckily, was away that night because she was working um her father and aunt died and her brother survived he only lost a finger so he was really lucky and a french reporter called frank 
Fournier took a really famous photo of her. I'd be surprised if you've not seen this. I mean, I guess you haven't seen it because you probably know if you'd seen this photo. It's called The Agony of Omira Sanchez and it won the World Press Photo of the Year in 1986. And the city of Amero. What a fucking grim thing to give an award for. Oh, hey, here's that girl that died. What the fuck is wrong with people? I think it's just because of the backstory about it, because they said how positive she was. Yeah, and but, I mean, it highlighted... she lives. Well, no, she didn't. Exactly. And they so were highlighting... Like, she had not better took photos of Diego Maradona's corpse. I don't know who that is. A footballer? You do know who Diego is. Is that the one in the helicopter crash? Don't be that guy. No, that's Kobe no, Bryant. No, 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 no. There was another one in the helicopter crash. Stop it. No, in a plane crash? That's Emil- yeah, that's Emiliano Salah. It's a very oh. different kettle of fish. Oh, I don't know. I mean, Stop. they are both Argentinian, but still. But, like, well, look. It's a completely different world. If you say a footballer's name to me, unless it's some really English like Frank Lampard, Ben, I ain't got a clue where yeah, they're from. It's funny, but Diego Maradona is like... Mexican. Argentinian, I just said. Oh. And also, like, famous beyond football. Like, he's famous for... Like, you'll have seen pictures of him. Um, yeah, but I might not know his name. I know who, like, Messi is, but I wouldn't know him if I saw a picture of him. I just know that he's a famous person. Well, and, look, if you call Diego, I'm going to think he speaks Spanish. He's probably from Mexico. Go, Diego, go. I mean, they do speak a lot of Spanish in Argentina, but well, know, that is completely look, not the fucking point. I wasn't completely far away from it, was I? <laughs> yes. Yes, there's a big, big difference between Diego Maradona and... Anyway. <laughs> Look, you get your football corner at the end, all right? <laughs> um, maybe we'll find some other reasons, but I think the reason was behind, obviously, it was just... Yeah. Um, the city of Amari no longer exists. It is commemorated as a memorial, and there is a small monument to her. And this is the photo of her... Um, water. Oh, bless her. I oh, know, it's really sad. Oh, no. Is it? that the photo that won the awards? Yeah. You can see one. the death in her eyes. That's like, awful. Literally, literally her eyes Why are would you black. award that photo? It's why it should be sanctioned. Um, this is where we get this mentality from nowadays. You know when something's, some shit's going off in town, like some people, someone's <sighs> fucking starting on somebody in a big fight and you just see 19 knobheads that could break up a fight between two people but they're just fucking filming the cunt instead this, well i mean this is why they did this try and save why. her they did tr- look yeah the person who took the photo didn't try and save her they just benefited from it and went to a fucking flashy awards night cunt um and i bet you got money for that award as well and that, that that's the end of your bedtime stories I'm really sorry, they're not happy ones. No, you fucking um, ruined my whole weekend. <laughs> I know. I've had to work my first of fucking five consecutive six-day weeks. My first five consecutive Saturdays. Oh, I just broke your heart with them and two you, Saturdays. Those photos are just hideous. Like, especially the second one. It's so sad, isn't it? You can literally see the death in her eyes. That is awful. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Don't ever show me photos like that. Again. Don't want to see it. Okay. I'll kill you. Okay. Look. <laughs> Look. I'm sorry. You should be. But she sang. She was positive. She. Yeah, she's positive. been. Die. She's been. She's been fucking French photographer sticking a fucking camera in face. What's uh, he even doing, Nathan? They're where they were in Colombia. Yeah, he flew in. <laughs> he flew in just to take the photo. Yeah. What a prick. What a fucking. <laughs> Fournier, you fucking wax thing. Um. 
I remembered his name because it's the same name as a basketball player. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, with that note, you got anything happy you want to share? No. no. Fucking. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. My whole fucking day. Mm. Well, look, we did want to widen our horizons a little bit and not have just murder stories, so I yeah, went for I just... I don't ever want to do anything like this again. That is awful. <laughs> what you just did there, you've... I don't want to see a photo like that again. I'm surprised you've never seen that photo. It's really famous. It, I don't. It won an award. It, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Um, the McCanns have degrees. It doesn't mean I'm going to let them look after the hey, kids. Look. Like, just because someone achieves something doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> the McCanns are a different... We can't talk about them. They might tell us off. Um... <laughs> If you have managed to make your way through this, have a, a moment's silence for those two people, I guess, that died in horrific ways. I've never been this triggered. You really haven't. There's... Uh, I'm going to have to go back to some good old-fashioned murder next week. Just... Yeah, for you. Yeah. <laughs> like that again. Um, Awful. Do you have... You, so you know Happy Thought, then? No. It's a bad week for you. The Christmas decorations went down. I've just ruined your night. Yeah. <laughs> You just um, fucked my whole... You, you genuinely <laughs> fucked my whole weekend up. I'm really sorry. And like, tomorrow I'm going to make you look, shift to bed all the way up the stairs that exactly. we Exactly. I genuinely look forward to spending time with you and my time off. But right now, and, uh, I can't think of anything I'd less like I'm to do. I'm going to work. Yeah. I'm um, going to work seven day weeks. Fuck it. Yeah. There's my fucking football even that's been cancelled. Oh. Cheers. Hancock. No, not even any football corner this week. And Liverpool um, fucking drew both oh, last two games since we last did a podcast as well, so I can't even fucking well. talk about that. There's no Liverpool wins, there's no... Um, yeah, well, there we go. No happy thought, no happy stories. Let's just finish this bottle of wine and go to bed. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> ruining my whole day. <laughs> oh. why, why did I, the thing is, I was fine <laughs> with these stories when I yep. wasn't listening. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Now there's a requirement for me to actually listen to the actually stuff pay that attention. you're telling me, and I've got to fucking take it on board and I see know. photos of horrible, dead, dying child eyes. No. Oh, lover. Oh, well, alright, well, we'll see you next week some more fun and games, I guess. Um, oh, do you know what? I'll ruin your lives too, and I'll put the pictures on the group so you can. No, because then I have to oh. see it again. Right, okay. If you re- if you want it, ask Andrew if she can okay. send it to you. Okay, if you want to see it, I don't want to see that. You again. can Google it. They're all over Google. It's right. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye bye now.